Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm your host, Daniel J, and alongside with me is a, is a fill-in, Big Bro. How you doing today? Hey, Big Bro's doing all right. Um, you know, he survived some crazy storms here on the East Coast. Uh, we were we were under tornado warning here, here at work earlier today. Had to, had to go to the uh, tornado shelter area in the building I work in. So, oh, yeah, wow. it was a little bit of crazy weather, but we survived that. And um, also, you know, I guess I would say good news that it's Monday and the Steelers were off in Latrobe today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no news is good news. So, huh? so there was no having to cancel a practice because that it would have rolled through Latrobe right in that right in that practice time. So, oh yeah. Um, but uh, we're excited because we're we're. We're we're talking Steeler football, and every time either you know Dave and I are having a show, or I'm on here with you, every day is one day closer. And oh yeah, it just the excitement builds. So, one hundred percent, and it's been a long off season, at least for me. At least for me, it feels that way. But we're finally in game week of well preseason game, still a game. Um, you know, here past Friday, though, it wasn't football, but it was football like the Pittsburgh Steelers had um, Friday Night Lights. Kendrick Green seems to be a, a, a rising star. I never thought I was going to say that. <laughs> you know, uh, apparently he's a uh, uh, bulldozer out there at the uh, at the fullback position. How surprised are you about Kendrick Green's rising status in the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you, do you think that this is his way of making the 53? Well, uh we've come to find that the Steelers really like guys that can show multiple, you know, play multiple positions, have, have skill sets that can be used in multiple areas. And, and if Kendrick green has the ability to play on the offensive line, but also line up in the offensive backfield, I mean, all that does to me is gives him a better shot of making the 53. Yeah, he went. For, he went from a guy who was, to me, all but forgotten about. Like, honestly, if you'd asked me last Thursday, we wouldn't even be talking about Kendrick Green having a chance at making the fifty-three. One hundred percent. You know, now I, after I thought... Friday Night Lights, now it's like, hey, maybe there could be something there. There could be a plan. There could be, you know, one hundred percent. And when it comes to Kendrick Green, I think you know one of the things that was attractive about his game was his pulling game. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have liked interior offensive linemen that could pull going back to, you know, uh, Alan Fanica, uh, you know, Marquise Pouncey and so on. And, you know, the Steelers really didn't have one of those guys. And I think that that's what they were hoping for when they uh, drafted Kendrick Green. So to kind of save a draft pick and save a, uh, 
you know, a player that they uh, invested so much in. I think that this is a, a definitely an avenue. How often they use it is going to be a key question. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it in a preseason game this year. I think, if anything, it might be against eh, maybe the Browns or something when it's against a divisional team. Uh, but how often do you think Kendrick Green's going to be rolling out there? I know he's caught a couple of passes, too. I, I, I don't know. It's still kind of tough to say exactly what the what the Steelers' thought is on everything. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that they've rolled him out there or something and said, hey – Show us what you can do here. Yeah, you know it, it's you know we talk all the time about hey we we want defensive backs and linebackers who are also good special teamers, or or you know right now everybody's talk in terms of fullback has been hey Connor Hayward kind of can fill that fullback slash H back role. Well, what what if you throw a guy like Kendrick Green in there? I mean, mm-hmm. to me that's a guy then that you know when you're down. In goal-to-go situations, you can put him in there at fullback to either clear the way or, as he shows, the guy does have some athletic ability. Maybe he can catch the ball some coming out of the backfield, which would just throw teams for a loop. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I start to think, you know, Steelers go jumbo, bring in the extra, extra offensive linemen at tight end, and then throw out a couple of tight ends onto that line out there and guys like Gentry and Washington put Green in the backfield just – Think about what lining up behind all that would be like. Oh you man, that, yeah, that's gonna that must be a nightmare to see, especially if the Pittsburgh Steelers go, you know, even heavy and and you know you have Jalen Warren and Najee Harris back there, you know, just to add an extra dynamic in the red zone, which was you know basically the Pittsburgh Steelers' Achilles' heel last season towards the end, you know, the second half of the year once they started getting in motion and started being able to move the ball down the field, you know, they had some troubles getting it in the end zone. And so I think that that's been a focal point for this offseason for the offensive side. They've gotten bigger because of that. They wanted to get more physical. They wanted to dominate, in my opinion, and and be able to force the ball into the end zone. And thus far in camp, uh, from what I've seen, the running game has been solid, you know, in the goal line situation. The defense has been um, okay. You know, they've got some players that have been missing. Mika Fitzpatrick's been out for majority of camp with personal reasons. Um, you know, things like that. And you've had a rotation of a new, new players in, in the middle linebacker position. How excited are you to see this defense? There's so much turnover. You now the front defensive line is basically, you know, coming back. But besides them, Minka Fitzpatrick, everybody's new. What, what are your thoughts? A lot of new faces, a lot of new, a lot of new talents. You know, yeah. some of these guys bring very different things from what we're used to seeing. So really what I'm, excited to see is kind of what what types of schemes what types of things the Steelers then run defensively you know unfortunately defensively is not typically an area we see much of from the Steelers in the preseason Mm -hmm. uh they, they they play typically just a lot of base and they go fairly vanilla on their defense because they don't want to give up any indication of the kind of things that are going on. Um, and I expect that will probably continue through this preseason. So it's going to be, I don't know, interesting to see come the regular season, what the defense looks like and the types of things they do. We, we might see a few flashes of it during the preseason, mm-hmm. some, some splashes, but even then I'm not sure we're going to be able to get any kind of grasp of exactly what we're going to see defensively from this i'll call it 
I guess we got to call it an overhauled unit because there because there's a little more change than we've seen. Oh yeah, especially in the interior linebacker position, that's completely been overhauled. Um, you know, the the secondary, you know, for the most part, are some new faces uh, and key roles. Uh, and you know, for me, I I was a little bit concerned about the secondary just because of that. And then you mix in, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's been out for a while, and then a lot of the injuries that's been coming in from the safety position. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some growing pains early on, but I think this is going to be a strong unit. Uh, but maybe looking a little bit too far. Uh, this upcoming week, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Friday night. Um, you know, one, do you think the Pittsburgh Steelers treat this game as, you know, in a normal year that we're accustomed to where there's four preseason games? Do you think this is going to be treated as a game one where typically no starters play or any of those things or a game two where we might see the starters for a quarter or so? I don't know if we'll even see them for a quarter. I expect probably offensively you'll see the, see the starting unit for a series. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, potentially two series. Gotcha. Um, and, and I really would think that would be it. I, I expect this to work out. Um, I expect that we'll see the most of the first strings in game two, uh, which is good for me because that's a home game and I'm going. that's awesome that is awesome that is the home game uh i think that's going to end up being the dress rehearsal Uh, i think the steelers are going to end up taking the third game and and use that as a the traditional fourth game and 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 rest a lot of players uh do you see anybody not not taking the field on friday i I, for one am thinking maybe cam maybe tj uh, on the on the defensive side maybe sam Marlowe on the offensive side um I don't know. They may take the field, but really, if I saw Cam Hayward or TJ Watt for more than about three or four snaps, I'd be surprised. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, it could even, you know, I I don't know for sure, but it could even be one of those where they go out, they warm up, they see how they're feeling. Yeah. Coach says, hey, do you want a couple snaps? Yeah. See how they are. Or they may just say, you know what? We're good. We we yeah. we know we know what we have in a few of these guys. Let's not worry about it. Um, that also will depend some too. I, I bet we get an idea over the next two days in training camp what that could potentially look like. Um, I have a feeling that that you'll you'll start to see. I don't want to say some more. I want to say shuffling, but just this this will probably be the the week. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday at training mm-hmm. camp this week, where you see more guys that hadn't been getting much of any snaps with the first team. You might see a few more guys get a few more snaps with the first team this week going into this this matchup, which then would maybe let you have some guys kind of sit out. The other thing is, you know, in, in positions like you said, hey, maybe we don't see a lot of TJ Watt. Well, I don't know. We need to see a whole lot of TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a little bit more Nick Herbig. You know, he's kind of been the talk in camp about his play. Let's see it on the field, you know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I too, I want to see uh, Nick Herbig. You know, I think that another person that, you know, uh, Dave brought it up in the uh, live chat, um, you know, Minka is probably another guy that's not going to take the field. I would probably think maybe Patrick Peterson is another guy that's not going to take the field. I'm excited to see Joey Porter Jr. I want to see what he does against other players. He's been going up against – you know, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson throughout camp, 
He's been the opposite end of a viral video that's gone out with George Pickens, you know, doing George Pickens things over him. And I'm excited to see how he bounces back and how he takes this out on, on the opposition. Uh, who are you most excited to see when it comes to uh, this preseason game? Um, uh, I'm going to say the both offensive and defensive lines. I want to see the, you know, the line play because mm-hmm. that's where we really feel – um, going into this season, that we we have to be dominant on both offensive and defensive line. If we come out and it doesn't matter who we hand the ball off to, they're able to run because there are holes and our line, our offensive line is manhandling another team. That's going to make me pretty happy because that's what I, that's what I'm hoping to see. I'm hoping to see us really blowing off the ball and being physical. Yeah, yeah. Now that sounds. That sounds like something I'd want to see as well. You know, I want to see this team do the, do exactly that. However, if you know the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, get the toss or whatever, and end up selecting to receive, and the first two plays are running plays, yeah. How how, how excited um, are you going to be as, as well as Steelers Nation about the uh, updated play calls from Matt Canada? Although it is tra- it is preseason, so it's going to be vanilla. It's going to be vanilla, and mm-hmm. but really, what I what I expect to see is can is. Oh, it's vanilla. We may still see some things we haven't necessarily seen a lot of. Right. So even though it's running play, you know, it, it may just be straight handoffs. But if we're going handoffs and 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 going, you know, say under center and stretch stretch runs to to the tackle and things like that, stuff that we haven't seen a whole lot of from the Pittsburgh Steelers for quite a few years, you know, to me, then that ends up being exciting. Not it was. Right. You still think, oh, well, it was just a run play, right? But it's a run play, like run plays we haven't seen a whole lot of from the Steelers in the past several years. They're looking to do something different, even in what we would call vanilla. Yeah, yeah, vanilla with sprinkles, maybe. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds like they're participating or, or trying some new things out. I think you want to get some sort of formations or some sort of, you know, without exposing everything you want to do, you know, put, put out something out there to give a little bit of an idea of how it's going to work throughout the regular season. Maybe not in game one of preseason, but throughout preseason, preseason, I think we'll see some of this sprinkles, like you mentioned uh, in the offense, Uh, you know, what would your thoughts would be now? This is just being hypothetical and, and, and whatnot, but if, if Jalen Warren has a better game than Najee Harris, there's been a lot of talk out there that some folks want to see Jalen Warren out there more than Najee. Would you take that into any consideration or, or to put any thought into, into any of that? If, if that happens in preseason? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's a, it's a, if this would have been from mine and Dave's podcast last week, you know, which I, you know, it's a story or non-story. As of right now, that's still to me a non-story. You know, okay. it, it's it's sure people are going to talk about it and it's going on in training camp and and that, but it's it's not a story yet. Now, would I be surprised if things like that led to more opportunities for for Jalen Warren? I thought Jalen Warren got decent amount of opportunities last year during the regular season, and he did what he needed to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thought would be is that if or when he's called upon, 
you know, he's going to come in and, and not miss a beat. So um, I don't know that it, I'd call it a, a big deal if that happens. To me, in the end, I'm just going to be like, hey, good. We got two capable backs in the backfield. I mean, who wouldn't want that? 100%, 100%. You know, that's a good problem to have if it ends up happening out because I think that Najee's going to have a big year this year. You know, last season, he was plagued with injury in the first half of the season. He had a steel plate in his shoe. And then, you know, I think he got in his own head for a little bit there. But you know, once we saw the the uh, chemistry build between himself and the new offensive line pieces, and we started to see this team kind of grasp the running, you know, the running um, blocking situation from Pat Meyer as far as the offensive line goes. And we started to see this running game come together. Najee was a huge part of it. And I thought that, you know, as long as he stays healthy and maintains health, I think he's on the right trajectory of being having a special year this year. Uh, I think Jalen Warren also adds the ability to not overuse Najee Harris and, you know, and prolong his, not just his career, but also this year and maybe perhaps, you know, wait for those weightier moments to really lean on him and not have to lean on him early on in the, in the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, a cut down in Najee's carries in the first half of the season, but it's not because of performance. It's just more to get the best out of Najee at the best time. Now he's gone two years without a major injury. That's not, you know, um, that's not common for the running back position to go without missing games like Najee has. And so, uh, uh, he's he's taking a, a big load of, of the offense, and I think um, Jalen Warren is just a good one-two punch. Uh, what do you think about Anthony McFarlane? He's been making some waves as well. I think he's pretty much the favorite for RB3. Uh, do you see that there's a role for him on this offense? It seems like the one-two punch is there. I, I would think the RB3 would need a tackle and be on special teams. I don't see a uh, Anthony McFarlane having that in his repertoire. What, what, what are your thoughts of Anthony McFarlane? What I really like about Anthony McFarland is that he's a very different running back from Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. It's true. Jalen Warren's Najee Harris. They're the, they're the power guys. They're the they're the guys that we we as Steeler fans are used to seeing out there in the fourth quarter that you know hand the ball off as the offensive line is pounding on the other team and the running back is pounding on the other team and we finish out games. I look at Ant Mac. He's more, he's more of a home run hitter. He's more of if you get him into the game at the right time for certain certain style of plays that he could kind of catch teams off guard, get the ball, and take it to the house. Yeah, that's a nice kind of that. That's a nice kind of guy to have, especially when you talk that we've got receivers that are like that as well. Then suddenly you sneak a running back in there that is more than capable of doing that at any point in time. I think it just has a whole extra wrinkle. Um, honestly, if I was the offensive coordinator, I'd be excited about it because it would just give me a whole other package of plays that I could put in with this guy as the running back. Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. You know, I, I'm excited for him as well. Um you know, I, I like that ability. I think that, you know, for, for McFarland, it's going to come down to, you know, making the best out of the opportunities that he has. Cause I think he, he's probably going to get maybe a handful of uh, opportunities per game. Um, if that, and, and he's going to have to make the best of it so far. It seems like he's having a great camp. Sounded like he had a pretty good camp last season, but Jalen Warren just kind of surprised everybody and came out of the blue. And so, uh, you know, 
I'm excited about the running back position and, and this team, the way they're moving forward. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett looks like he's gotten bigger this year. He looks stronger so far in camp. Uh, it appears that there's a little bit more of an emphasis of throwing the ball down the field. Um, you know, from what you've seen, can you tell a big difference between Kenny Pickett rookie year and, and so far Kenny Pickett year, year two in training camp? I don't know. There's a confidence level that's there. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that's the biggest thing is is his him coming into camp. He came into camp this year knowing I'm QB1. This is mine. This is my team. And he's acted that way from day one. Versus last year in camp, everything was still a competition. That's that's really where I think the big difference comes in. So um has been nice to see a little extra muscle. Really seems like as he pushes the the I don't know, there's just a different look to the ball when he pushes it down the field now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I can't say that he's added, you know, X amount of velocity to to the ball or anything like that, but it just seems like it's easier or let you know less effort for him to push the ball down the field. Um, But again, sometimes you think, well, is that just he's more comfortable in the system and he looks, you know, he feels in control. Who knows? All I care is that he looks good. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, one thing that I picked up so far is, you know, last season, uh, you know, I noticed that during practice training camp and even when I went out to Latrobe myself is that he had a, a tendency of his feet getting a little happy. Now, we haven't seen him in, in action where he can get hit. But up to this point, you know, I've seen his feet be more a little bit more calm. They're not as jumpy. And and I like that he looks a lot more calm and confident in that pocket. And, you know, one of his I guess biggest criticisms that was there last season was maybe perhaps he left a couple of clean pockets. And I think that. He's getting comfortable with his offensive line. I think he's getting comfortable with the acquisitions that they got, knowing that this offensive line is going to be better than what they were last year. You know, even even at the left tackle position, I think that if it's Dan Moore, I think this year's Dan Moore is going to be better than last year's Dan Moore. And um, if it's not, if it's if it's Broderick Jones who ends up over you know overtaking Dan Moore, then that means the better person won and a higher grade quality tackle is going to be in there. Say Amalu, in my opinion, is a huge upgrade in the left guard position. And another year for James Daniels and Mason Cole, uh, you know, in the interior is only going to bolster up this offensive line, in my opinion. So I think he's going to be a little bit more confident. Now we got to see, you know, in, in an actual game. And that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is you know, how confident is Kenny Pickett in the pocket? You know, does he have the happy feet? Is he leaving uh, clean pockets? You know, is, is pressure affecting the, his passes? Last year, it didn't seem like it did. You know, even when he had players in his face, it seemed like his accuracy was pretty, pretty on point. I'm excited to see what we have, you know, coming forward uh, at this venture. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, though, we're going to talk about the depth chart and and surprises and, and things of that nature. So don't go anywhere. Those on the uh, uh, YouTube side will be right back in five seconds. And welcome back to The Hangover. I'm your host, Daniel J. Alongside with me is Big Bro Sco, replacing Shannon Wine as he's on vacation for the week. He'll be back next week. Um, Big Bro, you have uh, some other uh, podcasts coming out or YouTube shows coming out this week? Um, well, let's see. We'll ha- um, of course, Dave and I will be having the Sco Bro Show tomorrow night, 9 o'clock. Um, I'm trying, let's see. We will actually be... Uh, 
covering, I think we're going to try to do a wrap-up kind of the Friday Night Lights, and then uh, the second half of the show be getting into talking about the upcoming preseason game. So we're tra- starting to get into more to what our regular season will look like uh, coming through there. So, nice. yes, well, I, I think so. Of course, Dave's in the live chat. At least he was. He can correct me if I was wrong there, but that's what we were talking about last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll be checking it out. I'll be tuning in uh, for myself. I have, um, you know, the state of the Steelers audio side only podcast that airs out on Fridays. Also, don't forget to check out stillcurrentnetwork.com, the one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. It is actually in the description. Y'all I put it in the description so you guys can just click the link, get on over, you can get all your updates on Pittsburgh Steelers news and, you know, anything that from acquisitions to injuries. So check it out. You won't be disappointed. Well, let's get back into the content. Uh, depth chart was released and referencing this upcoming game. No rookies as starters. Is that a surprise to you at this point? Oh, absolutely not, because the Steelers <laughs> never list rookies as, as, as starters. Honestly, uh, a lot of times they may not even be in the backup positions. All depends on just what everything looks like. I think... I missed who it was earlier in the live chat because they made reference somewhere about Keanu Neal being listed um, third on the depth chart at nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because there were two veterans who have played NFL snaps in front of him. That's really what it comes down to. And Coach Tom and I talk, talks about it. It's like, you know, I'm not going to put one of these guys up here just because, you know, we drafted them in the second round or the third round or anything like that. It's like, we want to see him play in an NFL game first. So, yes, you know, the, this, the depth chart might look very different this time next week. Oh, 100%. You're absolutely right. You know, this time this week, it's one thing, but, you know, by next week after this game is, has gone and played and players have actually shown what they're able to do against, you know, um, a different team in stadium, that's definitely going to be, um, when you, we're going to see this uh, possibly change. So the other big question or surprise that I had was in the wide receiver room. You know, you had Hakeem Butler backing up George Pickens. You know, if the Pittsburgh Steelers were to keep six receivers, he's one of the six. You know, from all indications, it's not been an impressive camp uh, thus far for Hakeem Butler. You know, what do you think about, about, uh, about Butler and his possible, you know, is he on the hot seat? Oh, <laughs> Anybody not named Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, <laughs> and in my opinion, probably Miles Boykin and Calvin Austin the yeah. third. If you're not one of those four guys, you're on the hot seat. Everything else is up for up for grabs. And I'd even the only reason I even put Boykin in there is because of what he brings to also playing special teams. Is that you know he brings something to more than just one thing, which makes him a little more valuable. Um, right. My guess is we, we're probably not going to get a great idea where what the wide receiver room might look like at the earliest until after uh, preseason game two. Yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. That's possible. You know, for me, I, I thought it, I thought it a little bit surprising. Gunnar Olszewski is back is third in the slot room. I think if Gunnar is probably on his way out. I don't foresee him making the 53 unless there's some sort of injury or Calvin Austin just right. cannot return return punts or kicks, you know? So I, I think he's going to end up being, being out, but I do agree with you and miles Boykin. He, he's a guy that, you know, the Steelers lost Benny Snell and 
you know, Benny Snell was a huge contributor on special teams. Miles Boykin was able to come in last season and and really show up as a special teamer. So I, I really do think he's going to end up making this team as well. Um, you have Kinder Green backing up Mason Cole. Uh, how, how comfortable are you with Kinder Green coming in as a center if need be? Um, on a short-term basis, not that worried at all, um, uh-huh. especially when I consider who he'd be playing next to. Um, yeah. I think Kendrick Green would look a little bit different as the number one center right now than he did his rookie season, uh, just partly based on the two guys that are playing beside him being different than who was there his rookie That's season. True. That is true. That is true. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I'm still a little bit concerned about his size. You know, I, I thought that maybe perhaps somebody else might be able to take some of those, you know, snaps from him. But it doesn't seem like they're really giving anybody else that opportunity at this venture. I, you know, I guess they're going to want to see what Kendrick Green can do in, in preseason as well. Um, you have Darnell Washington listed fourth on the tight end room. You know, I, obviously Pat Fryermuth was going to be number one. You know, there was some question or debate is, is Darnell Washington going to be able to overtake Zach Gentry or at least Connor Hayward? Are you surprised at all that he's number four on the depth chart in the tight end room? They haven't played a preseason game yet. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> uh, do you think that that's going to change? How fast do you think that's going to change? Let me rephrase um, Well, that will come down to how what Darnell Washington shows in live game snaps. If he comes out and continues to show some of the things in – in-game that he has shown so far in camp, the move up that depth chart could be could could go quickly. Okay. Also, they, they still have Connor Hayward listed there, but I'm sorry, Connor Hayward, they have him listed there, but they've also got him listed, you know, number one on the depth chart at fullback. You know, I, Connor Hayward to me has always been an H-back. Yeah. Based on his size and skill set. Um, so – I don't, I don't want to say I don't want to count Connor Hayward there, but Connor Hayward's just a totally different type of player. I'm not sure that he really belongs there. You know, I, I expect Connor Hayward to technically make this team as a fullback, and the Steelers still keep three tight ends in Firemuth, Gentry, and Washington. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. How confident are you, though, in Connor Hayward's blocking ability? I think that may have been the one situation, in my opinion, where he kind of lacked a little bit. Being a fullback, uh, I don't know if they're going to use him as a traditional sense. Last season, Derek Watt, in my opinion, once Kenny Pickett got into the game, they utilized him a little bit more often uh, than they were prior to when Mitch Trubisky was a quarterback, and especially also when, when Ben was a quarterback, fullback wasn't used. Do you, do you foresee the Steelers – Using Connor Hayward as a blocker? Um, well, yes, but the reason I'm saying yes is because, again, I see him more in that traditional style H back role. I think mm-hmm. a Chris, I think I look at him as you know back when Chris Cooley played for the Washington Redskins. Okay, that's Connor Hayward. Okay, yeah. he he's a guy that you could hand the ball off to on the backfield. You can throw it to him. Uh, from from the tight end position or that H back type position, um, but the thought would be is if, if the play call isn't to to throw the ball and to run the ball, I expect Connor Hayward to block. Is Connor Hayward the best blocker on the team? No, but Connor Hayward's gritty. 
Yeah, if you yeah. He, like you have no problem knowing that he's going to get down there and stick his nose in and try to take a guy on, even if the guy's bigger than he is. So, um, so th- it's not something that I'd say really worries me. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. You know, I can see that. Um, you know, transitioning over to the defensive side, Isaiah Loudermilk, in my opinion, this is going to be a big year for him. Uh, this is going to have to be a big year. It's going to have to be a big preseason for him. I think he's a guy that could be on the hot seat. Um, you know, he's a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers moved up in for the draft uh, to go pick up. He's he's listed number two behind Cam Hayward. Uh, you know, last year, beginning of the season, he, he didn't seem like he got the he got a helmet until – um, what was his name? I ended up getting hurt. Um, uh, he plays very well against the Ravens. <laughs> I just can't think of his name off the top of my head. He had a leg injury. Um, <clears throat> he, he was from the Ravens. Um, uh, um, Chris Wormley. Yes, yes. He came in significantly more once Wormley went down. Uh, what are your thoughts on Isaiah Lauterman? How, how big of a year is it for him? Do you think that he's also on the hot seat or, or do you think that? You know the Steelers listening him second behind Cam Hayward that uh, they got a little bit of they, they see an improvement. Say, I don't want to say he's he's not on the hot seat, but I I don't think I, I don't know if I'd call him on a you know I'd call it more of a moderately warm seat than <laughs> hot seat. Um, he he's the, the thing that I think is going most for him was last year there was still you know there was talk and they weren't sure maybe he was didn't know if they were going to list him as as D tackle or nose tackle. I'm glad this year to at least see, hey, we've got him listed behind Cam Hayward. He's not in the nose tackle discussion. Right. He he's elsewhere. I think they've let him play himself into that defensive tackle position. And I think that's a good thing for him. I think that's probably what he spent his offseason focusing on. So he's someone I'm really interested to see his play here in the preseason because he's going to get a lot of snaps. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They are going to play him significant amount of time out there, and rightfully so. I think he he's flashed, especially in the run game. Um, I think he's done okay. Uh, he's maybe not as been as what was expected of him, but and maybe he'll be able to transition this year. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, here's where I'm interested to see. I, I'd like to see him. Uh, Leal and Benton lined up the three of them across the the defensive line at times. Like if we get the three of them out there together on the defensive line, I'm interested to see that and see how they work. Um, because the, those are those are three guys that it's like, hey, how you know we're going to need them to contribute. How much? How much are they going to contribute? Yeah, one hundred percent. That that's definitely true. And you know, Demarvin Leal has been. He's kind of injury plagued training camp thus far. I'm interested to see if he's even going to play this, you know, this Friday. Uh, but yeah, that is definitely interesting to see. DeMarvin was a guy also that they used in multiple of positions. It appears that he's behind Larry Ogunjobi, defensive end. Um, if they can keep him in one spot and not move him around a lot, I think that's going to benefit his career uh, as well. And I think it'll benefit him as a player. Uh, Quan Alexander is listed behind Cole Holcomb. Uh, the inside interior linebacker group is Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts. Uh, do, do you think that is that going to be the, the roles? Do you, do you think or do you predict that at a certain point it's going to be Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander? Not sure. Not sure, Not sure yet. 
I, I'm just not sure I've seen enough yet to figure out exactly kind of uh, I'll even throw Mark Robinson in there, kind of how these four guys are going to work on those in on those inside spots. Got you. So, so um, I, I'm more excited about it. Like I like what we have. I think we we're, we've really upped our game athletically in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but until I start to see some of these guys on the field, and again, nothing against training camp, but you know that's that's you know. Alan Iverson said we're talking about practice. You know, I want to start seeing these guys out next to each other in game situations and kind of see how they work together, how they uh, read and react. Um, So, um, like I said, although much happier with how that room looks right now, it's not a finished product. Um, And exactly what it's going to look like is a finished product yet to be seen. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Once once pre um, regular season is here, that's going to be the true test to see, you know, what this defense is going to look like when when there's a lot more preparation involved in in planning for for games and things of that nature. Uh, I'm excited to see that inside linebacker group and who ends up being on the field most of the time. And I would assume that given you know NFL offenses, this you know today's NFL offense utilizing a lot of passing and and athleticness. Uh, you probably want some more, um, you know, athletes out there. So I think that Quan's going to get plenty of playing time. Yeah. I think that, you know, I don't think they want to lean on him too heavily. I don't even think the Jets did last season. I don't think he was their starter last year. I think he only played, you know, hand, uh, per 40 or 50 percent of the snaps, something like that. And so, um, you know, perhaps he's just a uh, you know the depth guy and i think the steelers like what they have in, in Cole Holcomb they gave him a 3 year deal for a reason uh, mark robinson i'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do another player and you mentioned him earlier nick herbig uh, mm-hmm. i think he's had an electric you know camp thus far his name has been called out multiple times uh, i'm excited to see what he can do he's a guy that's a little bit on the smaller end so a lot of uh, has been a lot of talk versus you know his would he be better as an off-ball linebacker? I think he's shutting down those conversations. Uh, if he can transition that into into the stadium, I think that'll be huge for him. Uh, what What are your thoughts on Nick Herbig? You know, where do you comp him at, and where do you think his you know floor ceiling could be? Um, really, in the end, I, I look at Herbig what I expect out of this guy or where I really see his floor ceiling. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be your, a starting edge rusher in mm-hmm. NFL. I'm just, unless he can put on some more size, which is tough to do. Um, I'm just not sure he's quite got the size to do it. I think he's perfect for that guy. That is your rotational guy into there. You know, a guy that might see, 25 to 35 snaps a game, depending on how everything plays out. You know, he's going to see his snaps, but he's going to be doing it in a way so that he's not the guy that a team's game planning for. And I think that would work to his advantage to not be, to kind of fly under the radar more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, it could work to his advantage to fly under the radar. 
Um, you know, I, I, and I'm, I want you to know I'm about to make a statement, and I hope Dave's still out there listening. Dave, I want you to listen because I'm going to get this name correct when you keep messing it up all the time. Nick Herbie's going to be the perfect Melvin Ingram. That's Melvin Ingram, Dave, not Melvin Gordon, who he always likes to say. Melvin <laughs> Ingram. Um, that guy that's going to fill that third edge rushing role. Mm-hmm not have a ton of drop-off in doing so, and he'd be okay with that role. I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, I think that he definitely would be okay with that role, and I think that's a role that he can excel in, especially like when, when Melvin Ingram did get into the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they did a three in, you know, outside linebacker set at times, and they had you know, what I would assume would be probably Nick Herbig moving – you know, along the line in the interior or, or line up on the outside as well alongside either Alex Highsmith or, or TJ Watt and have a dual outside linebacker rush. I, th- I I think that'd be a good role for him. He's athletic enough to do so, especially if you put him out wide. I think that he can get around uh, a tackle. So I'm excited to see what, what he's able to bring. Uh, the safety group, though, there's a lot of names there. Yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick, Devontae Casey, Keanu Neal, Trey Norwood, Miles Killebrew. Are all these guys making the team? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask me such a tough question? I, I, I don't. <laughs> if they do, it's because of Miles Killebrew and what he brings to special teams. Right. So, so you think Miles um, so might be the first one out if one doesn't? If you're if you're talking about what you, what I see strictly from the safety position, you know, I like Fitzpatrick, KZ, Neil, and, and Norwood. Right. Killebrew, can he come in and play? Yes, he could come in and play safety, but his real value is on special teams. Mm-hmm. So th- that's going to be interesting to see if the Steelers go with four safeties or decide and go with five safeties. Or, well, hate, hate to say it, or if – if you talk that you keep Killebrew and somebody else is out, it's probably Trey Norwood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. These, these are great questions you're asking, but they're <laughs> questions that I really think over the next two weeks, we're going to uh, start to see. It'll become a little clearer as to what we might be seeing go on. 100%. 100%. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, um, Today, that would be a difficult, definitely is a difficult question to answer, perhaps with a couple of preseason games under under the belt and to see where the, you know, where these players are focusing in. It'll definitely tell us more or less where we're going to see these guys. Uh, when it comes to the, um, when it comes to the, the cornerback position, you got Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace on the outside. Behind them, James Pierre, Joey Porter. Uh, James Pierre, I think, you know, he, I thought he was on the hot seat. I thought maybe perhaps he might be a guy that might be getting out. Maybe not so much, you know, especially with the injury to Corey Trice. I think that that gave him an opportunity to make the team. Uh, What are your thoughts on James Pierre? I I think that the injury to Corey Trice cemented James Pierre's spot because, again, not only can he play corner, he is another great special teams contributor. Yeah. So um, he was maybe on the hot seat before, um, but with that entry to Trice, um, I think he that pretty much locks him in. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, that's a good point. And, you know, I've seen a couple of (laughs) he's had some trouble with uh, with uh, Calvin Austin. I'll say that there's been a couple of clips there with Calvin Austin kind of going the distance there. And it's James Pierre and follow. Uh, But, you know, Calvin Austin on a one on one basis with his speed on the outside. That's a tough matchup, you know, for any cornerback. So, you know. We'll take that with a grain of salt. And the last position that I want to talk about is the nickel cornerback position. Shannon Sullivan ends up getting the nod for this week. Elijah Riley behind him. Now, I, I, I stated before the training game started that Elijah Riley was going to be my surprise dark horse, you know, player that's going to make the 53. Uh, and then he started to show up in training camp. Uh, I'm excited to see Elijah Riley. This is one of the players that I'm excited to see. I haven't heard much about Shannon Sullivan in training camp thus far. Um, you know, how, how big is this battle for the nickel position? Do you think there's one? Is is, is this uh, the battle to be looking at? Yeah, it might be the biggest battle that's still out there um, that's not been answered yet is which one of the two guys locks down that number one spot at the nickel corner. Um, it is... It, it, it's it's there. They, I feel that they're both showing some stuff at camp. It, it's really a who's going to. There, I think they're both going to get plenty of opportunities through this the preseason through the games here to to show what they've got. And I think it's really going to come down to to what the coaches see there and who they like better. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm excited. Though. I'm excited for Elijah Riley. I think he, you know, when he came in last season in, in spot duty. You know, I thought he played admirably. You know, he, he's he's also been on the uh, first team punt and, and kick return or kickoff, um, and so I, I think he's been making a role for or a push for himself to get on the fifty three. As long as it transitions into the stadium, I, I like what he can do, and I, I'm excited about this battle. I think this is one of the ones that's there uh, that is still open, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for that replacement for Mike Hilton. Still, you know, Arthur Mallette last season, you know, could do some of the some of the uh, blitzing type of things that Hilton could do. He, he, you know, he put his body on the line, so to speak, and he wanted to get paid more for it. And, and he left, but he wasn't the same as Mike Hilton, as far as coverage goes. And, and Mike Hilton, in my opinion, isn't, you know, a very, very great coverage guy. You know, I think that, um, you know, Cam Sutton did a better job as far as coverage out of the slot than Mike Hilton did. Uh, Elijah Riley, He's intercepting balls. He's making sacks. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So, are you going to be? Uh, where are you going to be watching the game this Friday? Uh, probably at home. Uh, I'll be at home um, doing a New York reaction article for for the preseason game. <laughs> nice, nice. Yep. Oh yeah, we get right to it. So uh, I, I get my preseason games in too. So <laughs> nice. Got, got got to get that writing back up, especially now that we're over on the new. Uh, Steel Curtain Network uh, website. I'm trying to get used to WordPress, which is different from um, Coral that we used before. So uh, Dave, Dave was giving me a tutorial this weekend, and I think I got it down. So um, <laughs> I will be watching from home. Probably Kyle, Kyle and I will be watching. Actually, that day we will have played in a golf tournament. He and I earlier that day, and then we'll be at home to watch the game that evening. So. Nice, nice. Any any game rituals you go through? Any any snacks or food that you got to eat for the game? Uh, no, nothing necessarily with snacks. Um, we both have our 
we both have our spots in the living room where we sit. So that's that's the main thing. So it'll be get the Steeler gear out, get ready. Um, I'll probably have a I'll probably have a some cheer wine to drink while we're watching the game. Um, but um, and I'll be keeping an eye on our Slack channels and see what's going on <laughs> and what everybody else is talking about during the games. While I'm also trying to write the deep jerk story, it, it's fun. I just it's I can't wait to get back to it on Friday. It's going to be so nice. Um, sure, there's going to be a lot of who was that guy football going on, <laughs> as there is with every team in the preseason. But that's okay. Yeah, it's still the Steelers. It's still football. I'm still happy. You know it. You know it. I know some folks are asking for the score, but I think you're going to be giving your score out tomorrow. Yes. On the, uh, yes. Exactly. I'll be giving my score tomorrow on the Scobro Show, nine o'clock tomorrow night. If we can get started on time. <laughs> and I will be giving my score out on State of the Steelers audio only podcast that airs on Friday. So make sure you go and check that out. Going to any games real quick before we call it a show. You going to any games this year? Which games are you going to? I mean, oh, well, well first, uh, in case anybody's out there, hey, I'm going to be a training camp on Wednesday. Ooh. So uh, actually, Kyle and I will be there along with, uh, with uh, the men's basketball coach at the college I work at here and the assistant basketball coach. The four of us are going to training camp. Kyle and I will be there with our bright yellow Steel Curtain Network shirts on um, that we got in the mail just the other day. Um, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I will be attending the preseason game against the Bills at home. And as of right now, the other two games I'm planning on attending as of this moment are the Browns, the Monday night game against the Browns, and the Thursday night game against the Titans. Um Subject to change. The Browns game could change. Depends on I uh, had somebody who's was going to purchase my tickets for the Arizona game. Now they're not sure. So I'm going to wait and see because that might be one I want to go to as well. We'll see. Nice, nice. I might be. I'm, I'm going to be at the Browns game. You're going to uh, be at the Browns game. I'm going to be at the Browns game. I'm not sure if my wife is going or not. I actually made a, I don't bet, right? Because I'm, I think it's a jinx sometimes. But on my other channel, I had a Browns fan come in and, and make me, you know, we did a little wager, and I was like, you know what? Me and my wife have never seen the team lose, so I'm going to make sure we win this bet, and I'm taking the wife to go see the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. Well, we'll have to try to catch up with that one. So, You know it. You know it. Well, I appreciate you filling in. Thank you so much. Um, you know, We'll see you on tomorrow's show. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. And um, Shannon, I hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation. Oh, he is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Without further ado, I'll see you guys on Friday on the uh, State of the Steelers and, um, and then next Monday on The Hangover. See y'all then. Peace out.